It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, I wonder do you know it? David said, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is a, is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's august and he's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He is the coral necessity for spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He is the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meager. I wonder if you know him. Well, this is my king. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. 
and if we would not complain about the punishment that you have put upon us, that you would once again turn your eyes and your ears towards your people Israel. So, Father, we acknowledge that we, your people, have sinned and that we have done wicked. And, Father, we won't complain about the punishment that you have put us in by scattering us throughout all the nations of the world. But our testimony will be, this is what happens to you when you sin or disobey the Most High. So, Father, we want to pray for Israel that is asleep, that you might wake them and give them an unction to come and keep your statutes, laws, and commandments. We want to pray for Israel that is awake, that you might give them a meek and a humble spirit, a spirit of love for you are love. Father, we want to pray for the seed of Abraham, that as many as you should call, Father, that you would call them and that they would hear your voice and that they would run to you, run into salvation. Father, turn your eyes and your ears back towards your people, Israel. Hear our supplications and our prayers. Deliver us from this captivity. Now, Father, as we go to work in the, in the vineyard, we ask that you would smile upon this work and that you would give us favor in all that we do. In Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, precious name I pray. Amen and amen. All right. The book of Psalms, chapter 69. Save me, O Elohim, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire, where there is no standing. I am come to enter deep water, where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dry. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my Elohim. They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine hair. They that would destroy me, being mine enemy, wrongfully are mighty. Then I restore that which I took not away. O Elohim, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O, o Yah, Elohim of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O Elohim of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame has covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are falling upon me. When I wept and and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment, and I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me, and I was the song of the drunkard. But as for me, my prayers unto thee, O Yah, in an, in an acceptable time, O Elohim, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me, and out of the deep waters. Let not the water, flow, let not the water flood overflow me. Neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit Shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Yah, for my loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercy, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemy. Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness, and I look for some to take pity, 
but there are none. And for comforters, but I have found none. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, and that, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened, that, let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins continually to shake. Pour out thine indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom thou hast smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded, and add iniquity unto their iniquity. Let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O Elohim, set me up on high. I will praise the name of, of Elohim with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please Yah better than an ox or a bullock that has horn and horns and hooks. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live as Elohim. For Yah heareth the poor and despiseth not his prisoners. Let the heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moveth therein. For Yah will save Zion and will build the cities of Judah. That, may, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. May the Most High have a blessing to the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the doing of his word. In Yeshua's precious name I pray, Jesus the Christ, amen. All right, the book of Exodus. We left off in chapter 24. 23 last week, and we're starting chapter 24. I want to say this has been a blessing to me. Uh, you know, always reading the scriptures is a blessing to me. But every time you go back and you read the scriptures, there's always something that you didn't see before that you may see uh, again or you may see for the first time. So this has always blessed me in my soul. Uh, just reading the word of the Most High. Sometimes it's just good just to read. But, you know, it's hard being a teacher in the word of God and not expound on what you read. It's just a hard thing to do. All right. Uh, hold on just a minute. 313-675. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Mic is open. Amen. How you doing, my brother? Doing good, doing good, amen, amen. Ready to hear this word. Amen. We're about to get into it. All right. I just wanted wanted to speak to you and uh, wish you and yours a happy Sabbath. Uh, I'm going to leave your mic open. If if you read something and most I put something on your heart, feel free to jump in. Amen. All right. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Okay, Amen. so we're going to go ahead and start start with the uh, book of Exodus, chapter 24, and verse 1. I'm going to be reading in your hearing. Uh, I'll expound sometime as I go. That's the most I put it on my heart. Uh, so let's go ahead and move forward. The book of Exodus, chapter 24, starting in verse 1. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto Yah, 
Dal and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel and worship ye afar off. Now, I want us to pay attention here because we have Moses and uh, Aaron and his two sons, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. Now, I do a precept on the elders of Israel. And this concept of elder has gone from the time we were in Egypt all the way through today. But, you know, it's just my, my feeling, my understanding that the elders don't get the proper respect that they ought to uh, today. And even in the kingdom, you know, people just see them um, as men. But the Most High has a special place for the elders and always has. So I want, when, we, when we're reading in these particular verses, these particular chapters, and especially in this one, um, we see Nadab and we see Abihu, okay? If you look up the name Nadab in the scriptures, you will find that it means liberal. So Nadab means liberal. And Abihu means worshiper or worship. The Most High is telling Moses, come up. Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, liberal worship and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship you afar off. And Moses alone shall come near unto Yah. But they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. So he said, hey, bring the elders, bring Aaron and his two sons, the high priest, uh, but let them worship what? Afar off. Only Moses is going to come near. And Moses came and told the people all the words of Yah. And all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Yah has, has said, we will do. Now, this is something that I believe that the Most High is waiting on Israel to do again. As a corporate body, this is how our forefathers came into covenant with them. All the words which Yah has said, we will do. This was a corporate agreement that the people agreed that they would do. They were going to follow the statutes, laws, and commandments of the Most High, as given to them by Moses. And Moses wrote all the words of Yah and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill in 12 pillars, according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto Yah. Verse 6, and Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basin, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read it in the audience of the people. And they said, all that Yah has said, we will do and be obedient. Now they're up under what? Blood. The blood is the life of a thing. The blood is the life of this covenant. So it's a life and death covenant. You break this covenant, you are really supposed to lose your life. And that's what the word cut off means. Okay, so back to verse 8. Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant, which Yah has made with you concerning all these words. See how the people are sprinkled with blood? They're up under the blood now. Just like in the New Testament, when you accept Messiah and his death, then it says that you come up under his blood. You are in that covenant, and that covenant is the new covenant. I don't know what these brothers are getting from the new covenant. It's not yet. Matthias says, I died, and my blood is the, is the uh, payment in this new covenant. 
So we got brothers running around teaching that we're not in it yet because everybody don't know the word of Yah yet. Well, everything comes in stages. Everything is not all at once. But the Messiah himself said that he is, his blood is the blood of the new covenant, and his blood was shed for us. So we have to come into him. So we can see the old and the new. Here it is in the old. So when we went into it in the new, and you have to understand why you're coming into Messiah and why, why he shed his blood for you, for you to come under that covenant, his covenant. So here the people of Israel are coming into a blood covenant with the Most High. This is a marriage covenant, okay? And a lot of people don't understand this, but this is a marriage covenant. So you will find all through the scriptures that he refers to Israel as his wife and that he was Israel's husband. But then he also refers to Israel as a son. But we have to understand that this is not really based upon a gender but a relationship. So the the covenant, this blood covenant, we're seeing here that Moses came down and he sprinkled the people with it. And the people agreed and said, all that the Most High has said, we will do and be obedient. Then went up Moses, verse 9, then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. Now, people will always read in the New Testament where it says, no man has seen God at any time. And they saw the Elohim of Israel, and there, and there was under his feet, as it were, paved works of sapphire and stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in its clearness. Moses, Nadab, and Abihu, Aaron, and the 70 elders, they saw who? Elohim, the Elohim of Israel. Now, this could be in, in the position from what? Son. But we won't get into how that happens, but they saw him. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. Now, remember the most I told Moses, if you see me, I will have to consume you. I'll have to kill you. No man can see me and live. But here he is. He said, hey, not, he says, and upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. He wanted them to know that he exists and that Moses wasn't just talking through some smoke or some fire. I hope we can catch this. And Yah said unto Moses, come up to me, come up to me into the mountain and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rode up, rose up, and his minister Joshua. Now this is another, when I start teaching uh, again, I want to teach some lessons on Joshua because you never really hear people teach about Joshua. Joshua was the armor bearer for Moses. And then when we're reading in these scriptures, I want you to pay attention to Joshua's relationship to Moses and Joshua's relationship to the Most High. It's not by accident that Joshua becomes the next leader. He is actually in training right now. Any, any man that is a pastor's armor bearer, he's taking him everywhere. He's, you know, he's with him wherever he goes. He's really in training for that position. And a lot of people will see it as uh, something else. But anyway, and Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua was who? Moses' minister. I want, I want to tell a story about this um, real quick. When I was in the church and I was seeing all this weight that was on my past, 
And I asked the most, I said, who ministers to the pastor? And the next day he came and asked me to be his armor bearer. I said, okay. I said, okay, Lord. I don't really call him that now, but I said, okay, Lord, I hear. The armor bearer is a minister to that pastor, okay? And he's he's supposed to be uh, have the same heart as the pastor toward the ministry and toward the people. And if, when you look at Joshua, you're going to see this. So wherever we come across his name, I'm going to bring it out um, so that you can see that Joshua was left in the tent of meeting when Moses wasn't even there. So you think uh, he was just sitting there. No, most I was dealing with it. Nevertheless, let's just read. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of Elohim. And he said unto the elders, Tarry you here for us, wait here for us, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. So I'm leaving Aaron and Hur in charge. Y'all got any matters, anything that needs to be solved, needs to be discussed, uh, needs to be decided, come to them, and they'll decide it. And Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of Yah abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of Yah was like the was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So when when the children of Israel saw this cloud, all of a sudden it's like the whole top of the mountain is what? On fire. And Moses up in the midst of it. And the sight of the glory of God was like the devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went in into the midst of the cloud. And I tell you that cloud, it was like it was on fire, and Moses walked into this, Cloud of fire. <coughs> Excuse me. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mountain. And Moses was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So the most High we read earlier, previously, that he wanted to speak to the children of Israel. And when he came with all this loud trumpeting uh, and heralding, they got afraid. No, Moses, you go. We don't want to go. So now the most I said, hey, all right. Now the elders didn't want to go up either. They wanted to stay with the people. Only Moses is allowed to go up here. And he's up there 40 days and 40 nights. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall make you shall take my offering. Now, again, who's asking for this offering? The Most High is. He says a willing offering. But then we're going to read later on in Scripture that the blood of bulls and goats he never wanted. What does that mean? If we just take those scriptures on their own and we don't study them out, it's not that the Most High don't want offerings. And it's not even the bull of goats that he's that offends him. He never wanted them killed for sin. For sin. Okay. And this is the offering that you shall take of them, gold and silver and brass. Now, who's supposed to bring this? The people, right? They want this is for the most high. 
who they're bringing it to. They're going to be bringing it to Moses and Aaron and the priesthood. This is the offering which you shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat fair and ram skins dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood, oil for the light spices for the anointing oil and for sweet incense. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Now, what I want you to pick up on here, what I want you to pick up on here is that uh, the most high is saying to the people, bring this, bring me an offering. Now, we're going to see what Moses is going to use it for. This is for the house of God and for the priesthood. The people want to worship the Most High. He says, bring me an offering. So I want us to pay attention here. Okay. And let me get back on the site. Okay, hopefully I didn't get disconnected. But nevertheless, we're going to keep keep it moving. So the Most High is saying, hey, you want a church? You want a temple? I want you to bring, these are the things I want you to bring for my church and my temple uh, as a building. Uh, because we know that we can't stay really in a house. Uh, we can't really stay in a house. We'll grow too big for the house if the ministry grows. And so the most I was saying, hey, uh, bring these things for the ministry, for the, for the house. So let's read this. And let it not be, be me saying it. Oil and light and spices and anointing oil for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones that are to be set in the ephod. The ephod is what the priest wore. And the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now, we are his temple today, but we still have places where we go to worship him. He says, you want, I want a temple, and I want a place for you to come and worship me as a corporate body. Well, the people are supposed to bring this offering to have this done. Okay, and this is different than the tithe. This is for the what? Building of the sanctuary. Two different things. So, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall you make it. So he shows Moses all of this. This is the pattern of the tabernacle. These are the, the, the way that I want all the utensils made, uh, the, the labors, the, the bowls, the basins, everything. The doors, everything was laid out for Moses. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, within and without, overlay it. And shall make upon it a crown of gold round about. So the Most High is clearly he's laying out, this is what I want for my sanctuary. And thou shalt cast four rings of gold of it, and put it put them in the four corners thereof, 
two rings shall be in one side of it and two rings in the other side, the Ark of the Covenant. And thou shalt make staffs of shittim wood and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put the staffs into the rings by the sides of the Ark, that the Ark may be born with them. The staffs shall be in two rings of the Ark, thou shalt not be, uh, and they shall not be taken, out, taken from it. And thou shalt put into the Ark the testimony which I shall give that I shall give thee, and thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. The mercy seat is not overlaid with gold. The mercy seat is what? Pure gold. Two cubits and a half by length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. So the people have to bring, remember the most I had Israel to spoil Egypt when they came out. So the people have this stuff. And the most I said, hey, now every man that wants to give it willingly, let him bring me an offering. I gave it to him. Let me see how if he's going to give it back to me, that I might bless him even further or her even further. But remember, the Most High had them to spoil Egypt and for gold and silver. They put it upon their kids, their own neck. They they, they came out of there. Uh, they got to have enough offer. They got to have enough gold to make a pure gold mercy seat with two cubits and a half. Why? a lot of gold. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work shall they make them. Now the 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 mercy seat is pure gold and that's solid, but the cherubims are what? Beaten work. It's like a hammered out work. But they're still pure gold that is hammered out of these two cherubims. And thou shalt make two cherubims of gold. Of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. And make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims of the two ends thereof. And the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. Now, I've always seen people who draw this out, always draw these cherubims with their faces facing down. But it says, there, it says right here, clearly they're supposed to be what? Looking at each other. And their wings are supposed to be stretched over the mercy seat, so probably touching in the end, covering it. But they're looking at each other. But all the pictures that I've seen, cherubims are looking down. Um, at the mercy seat. But here it says they should be looking at each other. So stretch forth the wings on high, cover the mercy seat with the wings, and they shall look one one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. So they're not supposed to be facing outwards, but be facing inward. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in it and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there will I meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give thee to comm- in commandment unto the children of Israel. I want to make special note here, because you will read all through the book, the law of Moses, the law of Moses, the law of Moses. Who is giving Moses the law? Is Moses making this up on his own? No. It is the most high that's giving him this law. 
So when we say the law of Moses, or when the book says the law of Moses, it simply means that the law as it was given to Moses. Moses was the giver of the law, but the law was given to him from who? The Most High. So when it says the law of Moses, it's not saying that Moses is the authority. The Most High is the authority, but it was given to Moses to give to the people. And so people want to say, oh, we're not supposed to keep the law of Moses. Or the law of Moses is different than the law of the Most High in some kind of way. That is falsehood. And it's a false way of thinking and it's a false teaching if it's taught that way. Moses received the law from the Most High. So all the law that Moses gave was by the Most High. When it says Moses gave divorce, you think he gave divorce without the Most High saying, do that? No, he didn't. Let's keep moving. I digress. Thou shalt also make a table of shittim wood, two cubits, shall be the length thereof, and a cubit of breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, and make thereof, and make thereto a crown of gold around about it. So now we have this, this table that probably the showbread is going to go on, uh, that is supposed to be overlaid with pure gold. And thou shalt make unto it a border of a handbreadth round about it, and thou shalt make a golden crown thereof round about it. So you got a hand's breadth of gold, and I don't know if this is standing up or whether it's going down the side. It's a crown, so it must be standing up. So picture this table. This is called a, a, a rectangular table. And it's this whole table is overladen with gold, and then you got a hand's breadth of gold as a crown, a decorative crown on top, around the borders of it. This had to be a beautiful table. Okay, and thou shalt make unto it a border of a, of a hand's breadth round about. And thou shalt make a golden crown to the border thereof round about. And thou shalt make for it uh, four rings of gold and put the rings in the corners, in the four corners that are on the four feet thereof. Over against the border shall the rings be for the place of the staffs to bear the table. And thou shalt make the staffs of shittim wood and overlay them with gold that the table may, may be borne with them. So we got the staff, we got the ring, we got the table. And so the Most High likes gold, okay? And this stuff has to be pure, and it has to be fitted a certain way. I should make the dishes thereof, and the spoons thereof, and the covers thereof, and the bowls thereof to cover with all of pure gold. Shall thou make them? So however many spoons? However many covers, however many bowls, all these things were to be made of what? Pure gold. They couldn't mix it with silver. They couldn't mix it with tin. Pure gold. The most I don't play with that stuff. This is for him. He says, I want, I want pure. And thou shalt set, the, and set, and thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me always. Now, the showbread was the, the bread that was blessed by the priest. 
and they could eat of it, but nobody else was supposed to eat of it. The, um, the priest and his family, immediate family, could eat of this showbread, but nobody else. But we'll read later on uh, that he changes this so that if a, a Levite or a son of Aaron purchased a slave, and that slave could also eat of this showbread, but if they were somebody that was married into the family, they couldn't eat of it. If the daughter got married, she could no longer eat of it. So the showbread was supposed to always be before him. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold. Of a beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shafts and his branches, his bowls, his knots, and his flowers shall be of the same, pure gold. And six branches shall come out of one side of it, three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, and three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Three bowls made like unto almonds. So they're supposed to be shaped like an almond with a knot and a flower in one branch. Now, what, what is a knot? Let's look this up real quick. Let's see what this word is, a knot. The Hebrew word is kaftor, K-A-F-T-O-R-E, kaftor probably from an unused root meaning to encircle a caplet, but used only in the architectonic sense, the capital of a column or the top of a column. You know how they have a column and then they will have uh, the border around the top of the column that circles around the column. A wreath-like button or a disc on, the, on a candle room, a candle, candle broom, a knot, upper or a lintel. So this was a, a, a decorative border at the end of this or at the top of it. So the bowls were to be made unto almonds, like an almond shape, with a, uh, a decorative border at the end and a, and, and a flower in one branch. And three bowls made like almonds in the other branch with a knot and a flower. So that the six branches that come out of the candle, so uh, so in the six branches that come out of the candlestick. Now the Most High has given Moses what very detailed work here to be done. And in the candlestick shall be four bowls made like unto almonds, with their knots and their flowers. And there shall there shall be a knot under two branches of the same, and a knot under the two branches of the same, and a knot under the two branches of the same. Remember, it's supposed to be six six knots according to the six branches that proceeded out of the candlestick. So he's just repeating to him and making sure that hey, he understands that uh, these candlesticks are supposed to have six knots that are shaped like almonds, and the two branches of the same, the leaves coming out, uh, were supposed to have knots on them. Their knots and their branches shall be the same. All all in it shall be of one beaten worth of gold, solid gold. So you can't do this in pieces and, and break it out, but it's going to be in what? A solid sheet. And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof, that they may give light over against it. So that these, these candles are going to give light. They're probably going to be on the wet table. And the tongues thereof and the snuff dishes thereof shall be of pure gold. 
So the tongues to, to move the candles when it gets you low, uh, and the snuff to put the candles out. This candles were never supposed to go out, but there, there, I guess there's other candles that will be around. What to be made of what? Pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold shall he make it with, the, with all these vessels. And look and look that thou make them after their pattern, which will show thee in the mountain or in the mount. So the most high is instructing Moses, hey, I'm giving you all the things that I want in my sanctuary. So you're going to build the, the lamp, you're going to build the table, you're going to build the Ark of the Covenant. And he's giving him details about how he wants this done. I say this over and over all the time that the Most High is a precise Elohim. He don't play hand grenades or horseshoes. It ain't close with him. It has to be what exact. He said, make sure. That means when you say make sure, it needs to be exactly the way I told you to do it. Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twine linen and blue and purple and scarlet. With cherubims of cunning work shalt thou make them. So the, the curtains are supposed to have cherubims on them. And the curtains are supposed to be what? Fine linen, fine twine linen, blue and purple, and scarlet. Those are royal colors, divine colors. The length of one curtain shall be eight and twenty cubits, or twenty-eight cubits. And the breadth of one curtain, four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have one measure. So all of them are going to have the same measurement. Don't come here with no lopsided stuff. Don't come here with one curtain, uh, 27 cubits or 27 and a half cubits, and the other one, what, 28? He said, no. They shall have one measurement, the same. 28 cubits long, four cubits uh, wide. The five curtains shall be coupled together, one to another, and other five and and other five curtains shall be coupled one to another. So a total of what? Ten curtains. And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of each curtain, from the uh, salvage in the coupling, and likewise shall thou make it in the upper uppermost edge of the curtain of another curtain, in the coupling of the second. So these Curtains were supposed to have this, this, uh, these loops blue in the top from curtain to curtain. Fifty loops. Did I tell you the most? I was precise. How many loops? Fifty loops shall make it. Shall thou make it in the one curtain, and fifty loops shall thou make it in the edge of the curtain. Make it in the edge of the curtain. So even on the edge of the curtain, each curtain will supposed to have loops on the top and on the edges. This is in the coupling of the second, that the loops may be may take hold one of another. So these things were supposed to be used so that they could what intertwine, fifty tacks of gold, and and couple the curtains together. So see what the most high is doing. He's saying put loops at the top and loops on the sides. And these loops that are on the side are going to couple these curtains together with the thatches, and it shall be one tabernacle. And thou shalt make curtains of goat's hair to be a covering upon the tabernacle. Eleven curtains shalt thou make of what? Goat's hair. So 
will probably tend to go around and one to go on top. And let's see. The length of one curtain shall be 30 cubits, and the breadth of one curtain shall be four cubits. And the 11 curtains shall be all of one measure. And thou shalt couple the five curtains by themselves and six curtains uh, by themselves. And shall double the six curtains in the forefront of the six curtain in the forefront of the tabernacle. Okay, so the six curtain uh, was supposed to be a double curtain in the front. And thou shalt make 50 loops on the edge of one curtain, that is the outmost in the coupling, and 50 loops in the edge of the curtain, which couples the second. And thou shalt make 50 patches of brass. Now, the, this, the curtains that covered the Holy of Holies had what? Were made of gold. But this table is made, these curtains are attached together with what? Brass loops, patches of brass. And put the patches into the loops and couple the, the uh, tent together that it may be one. And the remnant that remaineth of the curtains of the tent, thou shalt, the half of the curtain that remaineth shall hang over the backside of the tabernacle. Okay, I'm going to picture that. And the remnant that remaineth of the curtain of the, of the tent, the half curtain that remaineth, shall hang over the backside of the tabernacle. So this is supposed to be folded back. Or no, it's on the backside of the table. And a cubit on the one side and a cubit on the other side of that which remaineth is in the length of the curtains in the tent. It shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. So, wait a minute, these are going actually on the outside. And these are the, are the actual, like a, a, an outer door or an outer curtain to the inner curtain. And they're to be folded back. And thou shalt make a covering for the tent of ram skin, red dye, and a covering above of badger skin. And thou shalt board, and thou shalt make board for the tabernacle of shittim wood, standing up. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the breadth of one board. Two tenons shall be in one board, set in an order one against another. Thus shalt thou make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And thou shalt make the board uh, for the tabernacle 20 boards on the south side, southward. And thou shalt make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards. And two sockets under the two, one board for his two tenons. And, thou, and two sockets under another board for his two tenons. Now, let's look up this word tenons real quick. Tenons, yah, yad, y-a-d or y-a-w-d, a primitive root, a hand, the open, uh, the open one indicating power means direction, in distinction from 3709, the closing used as a noun or an adverb in a great variety of applications, both literally and figuratively, but proximate and remote as follows. Able, about, armhole, axle tree, because of, because of the side border, and so we're not looking for any of those. This is more so he's saying that he's going to use these two tenants. These are probably the most appropriate use of the armhole. 
uh, some place where you're going to put something through or set something on. Okay. And for the second side of the tabernacle, on the north side, there shall be 20 boards, and there are 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. And for the side of the tabernacle westward, thou shalt make six boards. So on the south side, we have 20 boards. On the west side, there are six boards. Okay, so, and for the sides of the tabernacle westward shalt thou make six boards. And two boards shalt thou make for the corners of the tabernacle in the two sides. And thou shalt be coupled together beneath, and they shall be coupled together above. So these two boards are supposed to be what? Put together, make them stronger. Above and beneath. And shall be coupled together above the head of it unto one ring, and thus shall it be for them that uh, them both. Thou shall be, they shall be for the two corners of the west side. And amen. And they shall be, and they shall be eight boards, and their sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two sockets under one board, and two another board. And thou shalt make bars of shittim wood. Five for the boards of the one side of the tabernacle, and five boards for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle. And the five boards for the boards of the side of the tabernacle of two sides westward. And in the middle bar in the midst of the boards shall reach from one end to the from one end or from end to end, and thou shalt overlay the boards with gold, and make their the rings of gold for places for the bars, and thou shalt overlay the bars with gold. So these are, have to be on the inside, and you got these boards doubled, an outside and an inside. And thou shalt rear up the tabernacle according to the fashion thereof, which showeth thee, which will show thee in the mountain. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen of cunning work. Cherubim shall it be made. And thou shalt hang it upon the four pillars of shittim wood overlaid with gold. Now, their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the thatches, and thou shalt, uh, that thou mayest bring in there within the veil the ark of the testimony. And the veil shall divide, shall, and the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy place. We have the holy outward in the most holy where? Inward, where the Ark of the Covenant is. So the veil is supposed to divide that. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. And thou shalt set the table without the veil and the candlestick over against the table of the side of the tabernacle toward the south. And thou shalt put the table on the north side. So the most I tell them exactly where the place is furniture. Okay? Put the table without outside the veil and the candlestick over against the table, on the table, on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. So the table was on the west, south side. And thou shalt put the table put the table on the north side. So there must be two tables here. Okay. And thou shalt make an hanging for the door of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen. 
wrought with needlework. And thou shalt make for the hanging five pillars of shittim wood, overlay them with gold, and their and their hooks shall be of gold, and thou shalt cast five sockets of brass for them. Now brass is stronger than what? Gold. So for stuff that's heavy, he's using brass and silver, which are stronger than gold. So we know these things are, are the support. And everything gold is supposed to be for the inward part. The only thing that they would bear would be a curtain or the Ark of the Covenant. So we know the tables are also overlaid with gold as well. But the brass was used for the heavier part. The book of Exodus, chapter 27, starting in verse 1. And thou shalt make an altar of shittim wood, five cubits long and five cubits broad, and the altar shall be four square, and the height thereof shall be three cubits. And thou shalt make the horns of it upon the four corners thereof. His horns shall be of the same, and thou shalt overlay it with brass. So now these horns or these handles um, are to be what? made of brass, and thou shalt make his pan to receive his ashes and his shovel and his basin. Now, because it's using the word his here, people will say, oh, the altar is what? Male. But it's just using an adjective to describe the altar. Okay? The altar doesn't have a, a gender. Thou shalt make his pan to receive his ashes and his shovels and his basins and his threshold, fire pans, and all the vessels thereof, thou shalt make of brass. So all the the, the altar uh, instruments and everything are supposed to be what? Brass. Because they're going to be doing all the heavy work, cutting flesh, hanging flesh on them, laying flesh on them, burning flesh on them. And I would probably think that brass does not absorb blood easily. And thou shalt make for it a grate of network of brass, and upon the net shall they make four basins, rings in the corners thereof, and thou shalt put it under the compass of the altar beneath, that the net may be may be even to the midst of the altar. And thou shalt make staffs for the altar, staffs of shittim wood, and overlay them with brass. And the staff shall be put into the, the rings, and the staff shall be upon the two sides of the altar to bear it. So the Most High is making everything where it can be what? Carried. So when we get ready to pack up, this is how you're going to pack it up, and this is how you're going to carry it, and this is how you're going to put it back together. And thou shalt make the court of the tabernacle for the south side. Southward there shall be hanging for the court of fine twine linen of a hundred and cub- a hundred cubits long for one side. And the twenty pillars thereof and the twenty sockets shall be of brass. The hooks of the pillars and their fillets shall be of silver. And likewise for the north side, in the length there shall be hangings of an hundred cubits long and and his twenty pillars and their twenty sockets of brass, the hooks of the pillars and their fillets of silver. 
and for the breadth of the court of the west side shall be hangings of fifty cubits, and their pillars ten, and their sockets ten. And the breadth of the court of the east side eastward shall be fifty cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate shall be fifteen, fifteen cubits, and their pillars three, and their sockets three. And on the other side shall be hangings fifteen cubits, and their pillars three, and their sockets three. And for the gate of the court shall be hangings of twenty cubits of blue and and of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen and wrought with needlework. And their pillars shall be four and their sockets four. All the pillars round about the court shall be filled with silver. Their hooks shall be silver and their sockets of brass. The length of the court shall be a hundred cubits. And the breadth fifty everywhere, and the height five cubits of fine twine linen, and their sockets of brass. All the vessels of the tabernacle, and all the service thereof, and all the pins thereof, and all the pins of the court shall be of brass. Now, why do you think he's talking about these pins? Because they got to put this stuff, take this stuff, put it together, and take it down. Now, if you know the most, I want this work to be intricate. Of fine work, then think about this. You make a hole that you got to put a brass pin in. You don't want it to be uh, to go through and get stuck, right? So this was very fine work. It was very tedious work, and it was very exact work. So you can imagine every time that they had to put up and tear down this this tent of meeting. Uh, the tabernacle. They have to take all these pins out, account for them, and then when they put it back together, they had to go back together the same way. So he's being very precise, and the, the metals and things that he's using doesn't wear down easy, and really doesn't need the silver. Gold is a little softer, but every place that the inward parts are golden, every place that are wall facing or walls seem to be uh, held up with silver, and then everything that is uh, load-bearing is using brass. Okay, and he's giving them the exact length for everything. So all the vessels of the tabernacle and all the services of and all the pins thereof and all the pins of the court shall be of brass. So remember now, this is where also where what? The sacrifices are taking place. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure olive oil, beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn always. Now the Most High is going to accuse Israel and condemn them because they say, hey, you hired somebody to do your job, which was to keep these lamps lit. It's, the priesthood got so callous that they didn't want to do the job anymore. So they hired somebody else to, to, to light the lamp. Let me see my serpent in here. We ain't even supposed to be in there. So we'll read that in Ezekiel. Cause the lamp to burn always in the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his son shall order it from evening to morning before Yah. It shall be a statue forever unto their generation. 
on the behalf of the children of Israel to keep these lamps lit. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel. We're in Exodus chapter 28, starting in verse 1. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons and with him from among the children of Israel that he administer unto me, Yah, in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's son, and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him. For the Most High has put this in the people. How to do these things. And Aaron's garments uh, to consecrate him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate and an ephod, and a robe and a broidered broider coat, a mitre and a, and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, and his son, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. So, the most I want the priesthood to be what? To be decked out because he said that these these garments to minister unto him shall be for what? Let's read this again. Verse 2, and thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory and for what? Beauty. The most I don't want, I hate to say it this way, he don't want us looking a mess ministering unto him. He wants the, the office to be appreciated. He wants people to, to be wild when they see this man of Yah, the priesthood. He wants them to be reverent with glory and with what? Honor. And thou shalt take gold and blue. This cunning work. This cunning work means that it's decorative. It's beautiful. And it shall have the two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, so that it shall be joined together. And the curious and the curious girdle of the ephod, which is upon it, it shall be of the same. Even of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twine linen. And thou shalt take the two onyx stones that, and, and engrave on them the names of the children of Israel. The two onyx stones are supposed to have what? The names of the children of Israel, the tribe, the 12, the 12 tribes. Of their names on one stone and the other six names on the rest of the other stones, according to their birth. So it's supposed to be uh, with the work of the en- engraver in stone. Shall make them to be set in the altars of gold. And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod, the stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before Yah upon his two shoulders for a memorial. So we're told why the ephod is made the way that it is. It is. It's for the high priest to bear the names of the children of Israel for who? 
before the before the Most High, and thou shalt make pouches of gold or pouches of gold, and thou shalt and two chains of pure gold at the end. Of reason work shalt thou make them, and fasten the reason chains to the pouches or to the pot. Pou- yeah, to the pouches. Let's make sure that's where the pouches are. I'm not making up some. Let's see. Mishpata, a brocade by analogy of a articulated setting of a gem. Ouch, a rock. So this was actually not a, a, a pouch, but it's like a gem set in there. Okay, so it's like what I said about these being pouches. These are ouches, which uh, are a gem. And thou shalt make the breastplate of, ju- of judgment with cunning work. After the work of an ephod, thou shalt make it of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twine linen shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be, being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set it in the settings of the stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardis, a topaz, and a carbuncle. Thou shall be the, that. This shall be the first row, and the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row shall a row a ligure, and an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. And they shall be set in gold in their enclosures. So these different stones were supposed to be set in the ephod uh, with the two stones that are on the shoulders that have what the names of the children of Israel on them. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate chains at the end of the the reason work of pure gold. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold and shalt put the two rings on the end of the breastplate. And thou shalt put the two put the two reasons chains of gold into the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate. And the other two ends of the two reason chains thou shalt fasten in the two gems or ouches, and put them on the shoulders of the ephod before it. And thou shalt make two rings of gold. Thou shalt put them upon the two ends of the breastplate in the border thereof, which is in the side of the ephod inward. And the two other rings of gold thou shalt make, and shalt put them on the two sides of the ephod underneath, toward the forepart thereof, over against the other company thereof, above the curious girdle of the ephod. I'm going to have to look up and see what it means by the curious girdle another study. And they shall bind the breastplate by the rings thereof unto the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue, that it may be above the curious girdle of the ephod, that the breastplate be not loosened from the ephod. So this is supposed to be attached. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of the judgment upon their his heart. When he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before Yah continually, so he's supposed to have the names of the children of Israel on his shoulders and in the breastplate in the front. And thou shalt put in the breastplate of the judgment the Urim 
and the Surum, or the Surman. Surum and Surman. These were, um, let's look and see what these are. I don't want to say off the top of my head. Urim, light. Oracle brilliancy of the figures in the high priest's breastplate. Urim. And then Surum. So these were some kind of light. Surum. Perfection. One of the uh, efforts of the objects in the high priest's breastplate. An emblem of complete truth. So. Whatever these two are, the Urim and the Thummim, put upon Aaron's heart. When he goeth in before Yah, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his, show, upon his heart before Yah continually, and, and thou shalt make the robe of the ephod of blue. Now, I'm still curious about this Urim and, and Thummim uh, as to actually what these were. And there shall be a hole in the top of it, in the midst thereof. It shall have a binding of woven work around about the hole of it, as it were the hole of an uh, habergeon, that it be not rent. And beneath, upon the hem of it, thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, round about the hem thereof, and veils of gold between them, round about it. Now, I want us to pay attention to this because there is a saying that when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a rope around uh, his waist and put a bell on it so that they could hear him moving. But this is saying that the, the bells are always if he built into this road. Uh, and the reason that they said that they did this because if he was killed, if his sacrifice wasn't found, Worthy, he would die in the Holy of Holies. They'd have to pull him out because they couldn't go in. Now I'm wondering about this rope and these bells because uh, he's already supposed to have these bells in the hem of his garment. So they should be able to hear him moving with these bells. A golden bell and a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the rope, round about. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place. Here we go. So they're supposed to hear these bells on their what that are on the hem of this garment. Why did they need to tie a rope to him with a bell on it? So you you shall and it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before Yah, and when he cometh out, that he die not. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold engraved upon it, like the engravings of a signet. Holiness to Yah. Hallelujah. This is supposed to be in, in gold engraved on a plate, a pure gold on his breastplate. Holiness to Yah. And thou shalt put it on the blue lace, that it may be upon the, the mitre, or the mitre. Upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts, and it shall be always upon his forehead, that he may be accepted before Yah. So he's definitely got some things he's got to do. 
and thou shalt embroider the coat of his of fine linen, and thou shalt make the mitre of linen of fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. And for Aaron's son, thou shalt make the coats, and thou shalt make them for make for them girdles and bonnets. Shall they make for them for glory and for beauty? So these have to be just as beautiful. They're not going to have all these stones in them. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him and shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs that they, that they reach. So from the loins all the way down their thighs, you're supposed to have these breeches on. So reach, and they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come in unto me, unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and when they come near unto the altar to minister in the holy place, that they bear not iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. So the most I say, I don't want you approaching me just what? Any kind of way. They had certain clothes they had to wear to approach him in the holy of holies and to do that work, Exodus chapter 29. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread and cakes unleavened tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened anointed with oil, of wheaten flour shalt thou make them. And thou shalt put them in into one basket, and bring them in in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. So they're supposed to bring what? Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread, and cakes unleavened tempered with oil, and, and wafers unleavened anointed with oil, and beaten with flour. They're to be what? Put into a basket. And Aaron and his sons, Shalt thou bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments and put them upon Aaron, the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate, and, the, and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. And thou shalt put the mitre, the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. And thou shalt take the anointed oil and pour it upon his head, and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons, and put and put coats upon them. And thou shalt gird them with girdles. Aaron and his sons put the bonnets on them, and the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. And thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. And thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands Upon the head of the bullock, and thou shalt kill the bullock before Yah by the door of the tabernacle of, congrega- of congregation. And thou shalt take of the blood of the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy fingers, and pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. So this is how he's consecrating them. And thou shalt take all the fat that covers the inward and the call that is above the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock and his skin and his dung shall thou burn with fire 
without or outside the camp. It is a sin offering. <coughs> thou shalt also take one ram, and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. And they put their hands upon the head of the bullock to transfer sin. And thou shalt slay the ram, and thou shalt take his blood and sprinkle it round about upon the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces and wash his image of him and his leg and put them and put them unto his pieces and unto his head. And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto Yah. It is a sin offering they burnt outside the camp. But this offering is a sweet savor, a sweet smell unto Yah, and an offering made by fire unto Yah. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Then shall they kill the ram and take of his blood and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of his son and upon the thumb of the right hand and upon the great toe of the right foot. So tip of the right ear, the right thumb, the right big toe. And sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and, and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. And thou shalt take of the ram the fat and the rump and the fat that covers the inward and the call above the lip and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and the right shoulder, for it is a ram of consecration. And one loaf of bread and one cake of oiled bread and one wafer out of the basket of the unleavened bread that is before Yah. And thou shalt pull put all in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his sons, and shall wave it, wave them for a wave offering before Yah. And thou shalt receive them of their hands and burn them upon the altar for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor before Yah. It is an offering made by fire unto Yah. So I want you to pick up on this, that not all sacrifices were to the most high, not one. Some of these sacrifices, and we're going to find when we get into Ezekiel, that he's going to reinstate this altar, and the people are going to come and make sacrifices. Because some sacrifices are sweet to Yah. And thou shalt take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it over the wave offering before Yah, and it shall be thy part. So this part belongs to Moses. Take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it for a wave offering before Yah, and it shall be thy part, Moses. And thou shalt sanctify the breast of the wave offering and of the shoulder of the heave offering, which is waved and which is heaved up of the lamb of the consecration, even of that which is for Aaron and of that which is for his son. And it shall be Aaron and his sons by a statute forever. They had to eat this. From the children of Israel, for it is a heave offering, and it shall be a heave offering from the children of Israel, of the sacrifice of their peace offering, even their heave offering unto Yah. So we're going to get into the different sacrifices. Sacrifice, the meal offering, 
a peace offering. <clears throat> and the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him, to be anointed therein and to be consecrated therein. That the son, that the son that is priest in his stead shall put them on seven days when he cometh into the tabernacle of the congregation to minister unto the holy place. And thou shalt take the ram of the consecration and feed his flesh in the holy place. Boil him, seething is boiling, not roasting him, but boiling him. And Aaron and his son shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket, the showbread, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they shall eat those things wherewith the anointment was made to consecrate and to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat thereof, because they are what? Holy. And if, and if aught of the flesh of the consecration or the bread remain unto the morning, if any of it remain unto the morning, then thou shalt burn them, thou shalt burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten, because it is holy. So they, this was their meal. The showbread, some with honey, some with um, uh, unleavened uh, heave offering, belong to Aaron and his sons forever. And thus shalt thou do unto Aaron and to his sons, according to all the things which I have commanded thee. Seven days shall thy consecrate them. And thou shalt offer every day a bullock or a sin offering for an anointment, and thou shalt cleanse the altar. When thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever touches the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. Two lambs were to be sacrificed with every day, day by day, continually. One lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at the evening. And with the one lamb, a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of a hen, a hen of beaten oil and the fourth part of a hen of wine for a drink offering. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at evening, and shall do thereunto according to the meat offering of the morning, the same thing, and according to the drinking offering thereof, for a sweet savor or smell, an offering made by fire unto Yah. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Yah, where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there will I meet with the children of Israel. And the priest offer. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their Elohim. And they shall know that I am Yah, their Elohim, that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. And I will dwell among them. I am Yah, their Elohim. Exodus chapter 30. And thou shalt make an altar to burn the incense upon. Of shittim wood shalt thou make it 
A cubit shall be the rope thereof, and a cubit shall, shall be the breadth thereof. And fourscore shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, and the top thereof, and the sides thereof, round about, and the horns thereof. Thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about. And the two golden rings shalt thou make it to, under the crown of it, by the two corners thereof, upon the two sides, it shall it shall thou make it, and thou shall be and they shall be placed for the staffs to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staffs of shittim wood and have overlaid them with gold. And this is repeating what has already been said early. And thou shalt put it before the veil, that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat, that is over the testimony where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresses the lamp. He shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamp at the evening, he shall burn incense upon it. A, perper- a perpetual incense before Yah throughout your generation. You shall offer no strange incense thereon. No strange incense. Now, <clears throat> we're not told what strange incense is here. But when we look at the strange fire, it was incense offered when it was not time to be offered. So don't you only do this when at the time that Yah has said to do it. You don't do it in the middle of the day. You do it in the morning, every morning, and what? Every evening. But he's not giving them an instruction to do it in the middle of the day. And so when we read about Nadab and Abihu, I want us to understand this. You shall offer no strange incense thereon, no burnt sacrifice, no meat offering, neither shall you pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the, the horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering and of atonement. Once in a year shall, be, shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto Yah. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, when thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto Yah. When, they, when thou numberest them, that they be, be no plague among them, when thou numberest them. You're not supposed to number the people. Well, what ransom for his soul, that there be no plague among them. This they shall give everyone that passes among them that are numbered. Yah, everyone that passes among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto Yah. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than a half of a shackle. money of the children of Israel, and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before Yah, to make an atonement for your soul. So this money that they took was for what? And thou shalt take the money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle. This is to make sure that everything that the tabernacle needs, 
And then Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a labor of bread. And put, so what I said earlier, the people are supposed to what? Pay for the tabernacle. I hope, I hope. And his foot also of brass to watch with all, and thou shalt put it in between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water, and they shall die not that they, they shall wash with water that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offerings made by fire unto Yah. For they shall wash their hands and their and it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generation. Moreover, Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much even as two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sheep and of sweet calamus. Now, people are saying that this calamus, same thing as cannabis. Um, and I did a little bit of research, and it appears to be so. But I say you do your own. Okay? Calamus. If we look at this word, root canah, a reed as erect by resemblance a rod, especially for measuring, stem the radius of an arm, beam or a stallion, balance bone beam calamus, same reed or experiment, stalk. Now, I've looked this up other words, other places, and it has other meanings as well. But kana, uh, and so you have a lot of groups going around talking about the the missing element in the ointment was calamus, which was uh, Actually, cannabis. And of Kassab, 500 shekels. After the shekel of the sanctuary, and of the oil of Ahim. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy, uh, oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. And it shall be a holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith. And the and the ark of the in the ark of the testimony, and the table and all vessels and the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings with all his vessels and the labor and his foot, and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touches them shall be holy, and thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate. Upon man's flesh it shall not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it after the com- after, after the com- uh, composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. So he said, hey, I'm giving you the ingredients to try to make this for yourself. This is holy to the temple. Whosoever compounds it any like it, and whosoever put it any of it upon a stranger, shall be cut off from his people. 
cut off. You no longer belong to Israel. And Yah said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, Antia and Garbanium, these sweet spices with pure frankincense of each other be of like weight, and thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together and holy, and thou shalt beat some of it very small and put it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, you shall make you shall not make it to yourself, according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for Yah. So the ointment and this perfume were to, these were for the most high only. You weren't supposed to put it on your body, you weren't supposed to make it. Whosoever shall make like unto that, the smell thereto, the smell like this, even that shall even be cut off from his people. This perfume, perfume and this oil ointment were for the Most High only in the anointing of the Holy of Holies. So you don't have this stuff at your house. Talking about uh, I'm anointing my, my house like the Most Holy Sanctuary. It is blasphemous. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Exodus chapter 31, and, and Yah spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have, see, I have called by name Bazel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of Elohim in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in, in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass. Who gave this man this capability? The Most High said he did it. He didn't learn this art. It was given to him directly by the Most High. And in cutting up stones to set them in the cardinal's timber to work in all manner of workmanship. And behold, I have given with him uh, Haliabah, the son of Hashemah, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded thee. The Most High gave him these gifts to do this, to be able to do the work. In the tabernacle of the congregation and of the ark of the testimony and the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, and the tabernacle and his furniture and the pure candlesticks, and all his furniture and all the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture, and the labor at his foot, and the clothes of service, and the holy garments of Aaron and the priest and the garments of his sons to the minister in the priest's office, and the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee, shall they do. And Yah shall make, and Yah speak unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, my Sabbath you shall keep, my Sabbath you shall keep, my holidays. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yah, that both that does thank you shall keep the Sabbath thereof, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defiles, defiles it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. The Sabbath, the most I am serious about. 
six days they won't be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to Yah, whosoever does any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generation for a perpetual covenant. Perpetual means never ending. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. They, Yah, made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, and he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of the community with him upon the Mount Sinai, two tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of Elohim. So the most honest answer is Sabbath is what? Holy. Keep it holy. Exodus chapter 32. <clears throat> people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. The people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us God. Wow, wow, wow. Which shall go before us. For, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters and bring them unto me. Now, see, the people ain't forcing him to do this. This is why I always ask, why did you let him get away with this? But he doesn't really. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hands and fashioned it with a graven sword. And he made, and he had made it molten calf. And they said, These be the gods of Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. They just took every credit that the Most High said, You are my witnesses, and gave it to these what? This calf that Aaron just made. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is the feast of Yah. Who made this calf? And it said, Tomorrow is the feast of Yah. And they rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the peace. corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Quickly. Moses has been gone 40 days and 40 nights. A month and 10 days, and these people have what? Corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf. Don't make any graven image. And have worshipped it. And have sacrificed their own and said, These be the gods of Israel which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And Yah said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. He's telling Moses, I'll make of you a great nation. Leave me alone so I can wax, so my anger can get Hotter and hotter, and I'm going to go consume the people. I'm going to kill them all. And Moses besought Yah, his Elohim, and said, Yah, 
Why dost thou wrath thy heart against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? He's asking the most high. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou sawest, to whom thou swearest, by thine own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken I will give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And Yah repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were, were, were written on both their sides, and on one side and on the other were they written. Work of Yah. There is noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses' anger waxed hot. Now the most high waxed hot when he come kill everybody. Moses say, hey, 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 hold the Egyptians are going to say, you brought this people out into the wilderness just to kill them. Turn up this evil. Now, Moses, he sees it, and he wipes out. The most I saw it, he got hot. He got mad. Moses didn't actually see it. Now he sees it for himself. Now he waxes his eye. And he came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot. And he cast the tables out of his hands and broke them beneath the mountain. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it into for unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them. And Moses did on Aaron. And Moses and Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Now, he put this on the people. You know these people are, are, are crazy. They set, their, they, they, they set on doing mischief. When they said unto me, make us God, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what is become of him. And I said unto them, whosoever has He threw this thing into the fire, the gold, and the calf came out by itself. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked with their shame of, um, among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on Yah's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith say Yah, Elohim, Elohim of Israel, with every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate. 
and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day 3,000 men. So he said, hey, go kill your companions, your 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 neighbors. Uh, and the Levites went and did this. But Moses had said, consecrate yourselves today to Yah, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. So they were obedient, the Levites. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, you have sinned a great sin, and now I will go unto Yah, free adventure, shall I make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto Yah and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of the book which thou hast written. So here's the book of life. And Yah said unto Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Therefore now go, lead the people of which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, my angels shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And Yah plagued the people because they made the task which Aaron made. So we are told, Aaron said this thing just came up out of the fire. So we see Aaron lied because the most I said Aaron made this thing. And go hence, thou and the people which, are, which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, saying, Unto thee thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hebatite, and the Jebusite, unto the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will, go, will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil thick tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him his ornament. For Yah has said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornament from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. So if they left them ornaments on, He's going to get them. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. Now, the most I said, I wanted to be among them, but he said, this is a stiff-necked people. If I'm in the middle of them, I'm going to consume them. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp afar off from the camp and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone would stop the eye went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass, and Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and Yah talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillars stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. Speak unto Moses, face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend, and he turned again into the camp 
But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And I tell you, Joshua was left in there a lot of times by himself. And Moses said unto you, See thou, see thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up in. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated? So shall we be separated, and I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And Yah said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace. In my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now, what is the glory of the Most High? We'll see. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of Yah before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy upon whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. That is his glory. For there shall no man see me and live. And Yah said, Behold, there is a place by me that thou shalt stand upon the rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory pass by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back part, but my face shall thou not see. This is his glory. We'll stop here for today. I hope something was said or read that encourages you to walk in the most high, to uh, read his word. I find these stories amazing as I read the word of Yah. I always find something that I've forgotten or um, I need to be reminded of. And so uh, as you continue your Bible reading for the year, Make sure to pay attention to the detail, the fine detail. I'm reading a little bit faster. Some of the stuff I would rather have read a little bit slower. But uh, as I go back and read myself uh, over these, I'm sure the Most High just reveals more and more and more. And we see the nature of the Most High. We see the nature of his people. And we know that the Most High is righteous. So he said he couldn't show Moses his glory, his faith. You can see my, my back parts, but you cannot see my face and live. Okay. With that being said, on next week, uh, we will pick it up in Chapter 34. Um, and it will try to keep you safe from all hurt and harm. May he bless you in your comings in and your going out. And may he give you a heart to forever, forever, forever seek after him. May he remove any obstacle that is in your way, stopping you from serving him the way that he says he wants to be served. 
May he remove your enemies, and may he set you on high. In Yeshua's precious name I pray, amen and amen. My brother, our team, do you have anything you want to add before we close out? I guess not. Until next week, brothers and sisters, peace and peace and blessings.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.